Hey guys, welcome to Inside Anna's Mind podcast. I hope you guys are well. I am well. I'm currently sitting in my new podcast setup. Last episode was sitting in the sofa, but I had my old mic. Today is my new mic, so I wonder if you can hear a difference. I'm kind of worried that like I haven't got the audio levels right, but we're going to go with it. And I'm so excited to talk to you about what we're going to talk about today because I feel like it's firstly the really right time god that was not good English it's a really good time to speak about it because it's January everyone's trying to like pick up their feet a little bit and get their hustle on be more productive maybe actually struggling with it all maybe a bit overwhelmed maybe procrastinating they're like oh come on if anything January is supposed to be my month and so I just want to share with you some tips that I've learned coming from a person who actually understands the struggle like I haven't just you know, whip these off the internet and regurgitating some very basic productivity tips to you. Like I am giving you an almost, I'm going to give you a run through from like morning to evening, little things that I do and then give some like random stuff at the end too. But it's just going to be like jam packed with things that basically help me. Um, And when I say hustle or grind or like whatever this podcast is going to be called, it's not just for the self-employed like this could be in your own side hustle or this could be in your studies this could be even in your corporate job but like do you know what I mean like I want you to take everything I say and add your own flavor of what you're going through and what you need help with because I feel like the tips that I give are quite universal okay and to be honest some of these things I've really learned like really recently I recently moved into my new apartment I think three weeks ago now wow and the first two weeks were really hard like I was just overwhelmed with everything adjusting to everything like it was really scary and then the last week guys things have clicked if you've been watching me on YouTube then you know the last couple of weeks I've struggled but things have been coming along together and it's through reflecting and always noticing how I cope with certain things that allow me to almost make these realizations So going in with the first one, which is like a new one for me, is giving myself time to wake up and do nothing. I think sometimes we think, well, I know for a fact I did, you know, morning routine is another way to be productive. You wake up, you meditate for five minutes, you have a cold shower, you brush your teeth, you do this, you do that. And not saying I did that all the time, probably did that, you know, for a week or something. But the idea was there. And even if I didn't do the cold showers and everything, like I would still have quite like a regimented morning routine and As soon as I, you know, did my stuff and got ready and had breakfast, I would expect myself straight away to take myself off to work, whatever that version is for you. And recently I kind of reflected and I was like, it's very interesting because I've been working on my nighttime routine because I'm really wasn't good at it and also struggled with like a bit of sleep anxiety. So I was like, right, 2023 is, you know, this is my time to like sort myself out. And I can tell you guys already, it's gone. I actually enjoy evenings alone. I enjoy going to bed by myself. Like it's so weird just putting in a nighttime routine. Anyways, flipping it around, I realized that I wasn't giving myself time in the morning to just wake up calmly and give myself this full permission to do nothing in the morning. Not saying for the whole morning, I'm saying for half an hour, an hour, because The thing is, is we feel different every morning. And so sometimes you wake up with anxiety. Sometimes you wake up happy. Sometimes you wake up and your neck hurts and you need to stretch. And there's so many different little things. And I feel that if you have this like 
expected idea that as soon as you wake up eat breakfast shower get changed that you should straight away get on with things you're almost giving your body no amount of time or a gap to just check in with itself do what it needs and I feel like we can all implement this in our own little ways and for example what I've been doing is like already what I would normally do is wake up I brush my teeth I do my skincare I do my gua sha I walk downstairs have my green juice have my breakfast and then at that point when I go back upstairs and I would get changed and I would go to the coffee shop which I'm going to talk about next and it just doesn't give me any room to process so what I do now is like I tell myself the first hour that I wake up all to yourself obviously about half an hour of it is the morning routine that I've just told you skincare gua sha green juice breakfast but then I just have this half an hour to myself and it's really lovely like some mornings I paint <laughs> other mornings like I'll stretch on my rug other mornings I'll just lie on my sofa with my cup of tea and look outside other mornings I journal and it just lets I can't I can't explain to you the anxiety like how much it lowers my anxiety so if you can just actually give yourself a gap like structure in a gap of just doing nothing and then in that can you listen to your body what does it need okay I'm gonna deliver that to it I had at times to get it into my routine and this time it's kind of worked because I've put it inside of a routine that's already there. The routine is that I get in my car and I drive to the coffee shop. Like there's no, there's no room for error there. It's what happens every morning. So what I've done is instead of telling myself like in the morning, okay, walk to the park, go outside for 10 minutes, walk back. I don't care if the park's around the corner. I'm in my car. Instead of driving to the coffee shop, I quickly drive to the park. I stand there for 10 minutes while the sun is shining on my face. I get back in my car and I drive to the coffee shop. And it's working. Like it's weirdly working because it's so little effort. Because as I'm driving to the coffee shop, all I have to do is indicate the other way. Like <laughs> so much effort. Indicate the other way. And then I'm there. And I do it and I feel great. And I turn around and it's really good to do that as not, I'm not gonna say as soon as you wake up, just like in the morning. Um, a lot of bodily chemical stuff going on when sunlight goes in your eyes, wakes you up. It's going to help you sleep better. It's going to make you have more energy. I think it's just also good from mental health. <laughs> so yeah, you can take that advice of adding it. Like if you're trying to get a new habit, try to put it in something that's already super established. Like what's something that you do every day without fail? Like without fail, you just do it, it's you. Your friends might not be able to do it, but you can do it. I can do my gua sha and I do my skincare and I do that. So if I wanna add something, I've gotta do something like right in between something that makes sense. Um, okay, so moving on, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about the coffee shop. Now, if you follow me on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube or just podcast, you know I'm a coffee shop queen. And if you're new here, hey, I'm Anna. <laughs> and I go to the coffee shop every single day. Um, I have been doing it for exactly one year now. And it was almost the best thing that ever happened to me because I could never really understand why I couldn't work in my room or really study focusedly gosh my English sorry really focus <laughs> and and if I like I, I could sometimes get myself to focus 
but it was just not like a hundred percent success rate. It wasn't a part of my routine. I couldn't just wake up every morning, go to my desk and do something. And then I started going to a coffee shop. You go in there, you buy an overpriced coffee, you sit in a cute little corner, buy a plug, or if you don't need to charge it, then you don't need a plug. And there is something, and basically it, it makes me work. And I'm gonna explain a few things about it because I think it's interesting. And I was basically talking to my therapist the other last week and I was saying to her like, look, it's been a year now going to the coffee shop because I don't have a home office, but I've got a new home and I literally have a whole office. Is it bad that I still go to the coffee shop and I don't work in my office? Like I feel like it's kind of like a waste or like I'm not doing what I should be doing. Now, if you ever say the, sh the word should, be careful around that because it, it basically is something that like you expect yourself but not necessarily want to do and yeah, just listen to yourself when you say should like oh I should have a salad it's like no you want to have a salad you, you don't need to or should do you know what I mean okay anyways and she basically said about like the coffee shop stuff she was like Anna don't go against what works and I was like oh my god that's so true like I literally know the coffee shop works it's a 100% success rate that I get about four hours of work done in one go or like three hours or sometimes five I don't know and she was she explained it and it made so much sense and I think this will be important because we should really start understanding what type of, you know, hustle worker you are and when you focus. And she said she was the opposite. So you may be her or you may be me. She said for me that when you go into a coffee shop, there's such a buzz in the coffee shop that you almost absorb the buzz and you channel it through your work. And it literally makes you work harder. And I was like, I cannot relate more. Sometimes when I turn up to the coffee shop, and it's not as busy, I'm disappointed. I'm like, oh, will I get as much work done? Or like when it's like busy and it's go, 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 I am like, oh my God. Like it makes sense because I'm here thinking that the coffee is giving me this energy. Like, cause obviously in my head, I'm like, oh, I cannot wait for my coffee. I have my coffee and I get my work done. But I just know for a fact, once she said that, I was like, oh, I know there's like something else going on because I could have a coffee at home and then not get as much work done. And yeah, this won't work for everyone. She said she's the opposite. She said if she needs to focus, she needs silence. She needs no one around her. She needs a quiet room. And that's the way that she can get like work done. And then mine is the opposite. So see what you are and work with it. Don't work against it. If you are a person like me that like works well with the atmosphere and I do have my noise cancelling headphones on in the coffee shop so I can't hear the absolute rattle I can hear a slight hum of people and stuff but obviously the things that I'm playing in my ears are louder but there's just an energy around it so if that feels like something like yeah you know what I am that kind of type of person it's almost like when you go to the gym and it's really busy you actually like kind of work harder not in like a external validation way of oh my god I like I work better because loads of people around me there's just a buzz there's a buzz and so if you are that type of person I would really utilize going to another space if that's a library if that's a study area with people if that's a coffee shop like just really do it <laughs> and then I'm just going to give you some more things that I just really like about the coffee shop because I could always talk about a coffee shop but the fact that it you know the overpriced coffee, you know that it tastes good. When you go to a good coffee shop, you know that £3.50 coffee just does hit different than your home coffee. So a big motivator, like guys, the reason I get out the house, think about it, it makes sense. If it was always just to sit down and work, I'd be like, oh, I guess I could just do that at home. 
I can't get a coffee like that. I cannot get a coffee like that anywhere else but the coffee shop. So I get in my car, I just, I don't even think about the fact that I have work. Like I genuinely just pack my bags up, put my laptop in there. Oh, I don't really know what I'm gonna go do. I'm just gonna go get my coffee. And then I go get my coffee and I go, hiya, can I please have an iced latte? And I get so excited. There's like two minutes of adrenaline when this coffee's about to get to me. I set up my laptop, I get my coffee. The first sip of coffee that goes into my mouth, laptop is on, I'm working. And I am like, I I don't know what I'm on. I'm on some like, it's, it's drugs, but it's like, bang, 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 super productive. And it's a hundred percent success rate, guys. This is for me anyways, but from personal experience, I have never gone to the coffee shop and not got work done. I think there's twice in the whole year because I had crippling anxiety and I just ignored it and I still went to the coffee shop and then I cried when I got there. Otherwise, guys, I, I you know when like you doubt yourself in your day, you go, oh, I wonder if I'm actually gonna do that piece of homework I need to do. Like, you know you need to do it, but you wonder if you're actually gonna get it done. I wonder if I'm gonna actually get that piece of admin done. I have no no worries when I go to the coffee shop. No doubt that I will not get literally all, not all my work done, but like a good solid block. I think what's also nice is, I think as a generation, we're a lot more like stay at home, obviously since lockdown. And it's really nice just to get out the house and shift it. For me, I've been really good at like, well, this is what the coffee shop does. It separates and take coffee shop as a library or whatever, whatever you want it to be but it separates work and home for me. I'm at home, I'm not gonna whip out my laptop and start doing work at 8.30 a.m. We've talked about this. We've got my morning gap of just mindfulness things to do. And I travel and then I go to work, okay? My brain is switched on. I don't scroll on my phone. I think this is a very another important thing. I, you know, I think a lot of us, when we get very easy distracted, especially imagine studying on your desk and you just, not even imagine, I know what it's like. And you're scrolling on your phone and you're just on and off, on and off. When I go to the coffee shop, there is there is not a second of mindless scrolling, maybe two minutes max, but maybe because I'm just like looking for like a sound or something or just checking up, everything's okay. But like, that's because it's generally my work guys. But otherwise, like you are going there to, to work. I do also want to pop in when I said that about um, going on your phone during your studies. I just want to remind you that it takes around 21 minutes to get back concentrated when you distract yourself. So I always take that into notice. Like if I'm doing something and there's a text or there's a like I just there's part of me that's like, oh, I, I could just have a little scroll right now. I go, girl, it will take you so much longer to get back on like if you're in your groove stay in your groove do not get out of your groove I also just want to put another side note please eat before your coffee this is not the year that we're just having coffee on empty stomachs you will just get the shakes and you will not have the same concentration levels as you need also this whole um kind of idea that I'm talking about goes along with this working smarter now I'm not going to say working smarter not harder I'm gonna say working smarter, not longer. And this is kind of going into another one of my tips. Last year when I was in my kind of toxic productivity stage, guys, I was, I woke up at like 6 a.m. It was like meditate. It was then like 10 minutes of yoga. It was then breakfast. It was then walk to the coffee shop for like 7.30 a.m. And then it was like five hours, six hours in the coffee shop. It was like a 20 minute lunch break and then walk. And then it was, 
to-do list and then it was washing and then it was washing up and then it was gym. Oh my God. Yeah, I just gave you a headache. I gave myself a headache. Every, even when I would come back from the gym and then I, by the time I finished making dinner and washing up, it was probably like 8.30. That next hour and a half was still productive. It wasn't just chill. No, it was tidy your room, have a shower, do your skincare. Then it was um, meditate, read a book, journal for 10 minutes. Like everything was so structured. And work, talking about this, working smarter, not longer, I generally used to have this belief that the longer that I worked, the more successful that I'd be, the more hours that I would put into the work. It makes sense, right? When you're self-employed or when you're studying. Like, no, Anna, the more hours that I put in, the better. No, I'm just going to say no. I, like, obviously this is all from personal experience, guys, but I was working double the amount of time this time last year okay maybe not double no no, no no actually the last couple of months yeah it was probably double I was working stupid hours last time because I was like editing all day and I'm like in a lot better position now and not only just like financially I'm talking about stress levels I'm talking about enjoyment of the job I'm talking about creativity I'm talking about flow I'm talking my job has never felt so easy since doing a little bit less work and you go why Anna how can that possibly be because the hours that I'm not putting into the work the hours that I'm taking back is not going to scrolling it's not going to Netflix you know yeah I will watch a bit of Netflix I'm not against that at all but I'm saying that I'm putting a lot more work into myself I'm doing a lot more inner work I'm keeping up my therapy I'm doing my reflecting I'm doing my journaling I sit in silence or I listen to music for an hour and I just think my thoughts, right? I like, I turn up for myself. I enjoy myself. I go outside. I run around like a child. I, you know, all these things. It's like, I'm taking a little bit back some of the time of putting into work, putting it into myself. Because at the end of the day, we are like, you can't run off an empty tank. And that's not always just food. And that's not always just like essentially energy. It's like, empty tank of how do I explain this of how you feel inside like if you feel inspired and happy and creative and just like fuck life is going so well that will feed into your work and so yeah going on to the next tip is talking about, you know when people say like, oh, eat the frog, like do the hardest thing first. I'm here to kind of be like, oh, I'm actually gonna say something else. It depends on how you're doing. So you can either, if it's a day where you feel overwhelmed, you're struggling to get started, everything feels like it's piling on top of you. You could cry if someone poked you. Um, you just like, you're just really struggling. I want you to do the easiest tasks first because the thing is if you've got a 10 list to-do list and you try to do the biggest one and you can't even like you can't even start it you can't even get around to it you can't even finish it it will like it's almost like a big bomb that will go off and then you won't have ticked one thing off whereas you could have five small things on the to-do list that are like five minutes long and within half an hour, you could have half your to-do list you're already going to feel better even if you don't get around like sometimes you know, you need to do the big thing, like the big task, but you just don't get around to it. You've done five things, like be proud of yourself and it will like just decrease that overwhelm a little bit. 
Now, on the other hand, when do we do this big task first? There's two. There's one when you're actually just feeling good mentally. You've got the energy. You're like, I'm so motivated today. I really want to like make myself feel even better. And therefore, I'm going to do the hardest task first. Otherwise, the other one is when we <laughs> leave it to the last day and there's just absolutely overriding amount of pressure. But sometimes it just helps to get it done. Not saying leave it till then, but that's that's when you know you've you've got to do the harder task first okay the next one is just like a little one I want to throw in and I heard it on a TikTok and I was like I've got to share this with you guys because it's actually so clever and it it provided me a lot of compassion for myself she said understand that adult is being a new thing and if you're 21 years old you're literally a one-year-old adult like think about it, even like 19, although we're an adult at 18, we're still teens, okay? So 20 is like zero years old, 21 is one. So even if you're like 23 years old and you think you have to have your shit together, you're a three-year-old, you're a three-year-old in this adult life. Like, and that made me feel really good about myself because I won't lie, the other day, or not even the other day, I've still got to do it now. I've got to sort out Wi-Fi, bills, council tax. And sometimes it's a bit confusing and it's a bit hard. It's a bit hard to know where to start. And then I was like telling myself like previously, oh, come on, Anna, everyone else in the universe does this. Like every other adult has to do this. Like, why is it hard for you? And I was like, I'm literally a one-year-old adult. Like, of course I don't know how to do this. And I feel like this can be applied to so many things. Like just give yourself that little bit like, oh, bless. I'm really new to this adult life. Like if you don't know what your passion is or your future job or like all of this stuff, it's like, you're probably like two years old or you might even be 19. So you might be minus one. You're not even born yet. So yeah, I just, I wanted to share that because I thought that made everything feel a bit nicer. And then leading on from this, talking about those like, like for me, like I would procrastinate so much on like setting up bills or like setting up something because like I don't essentially know how to do it and it's a bit of a problem or like I'm really bad with problems, guys. Like if something there's like an issue I don't know I'm just like I just freak out and I think there's no solution I don't understand and I think because we have this like perception that happiness comes from when you don't have problems you think oh when all my problems go that's when the happiness will come and this is one of my favorite quotes and I literally like changed oh my god it changed my week this week it's the book the subtle art of not giving a fuck I would really recommend reading it. I've only read two chapters and it really healed a lot of my anxiety. <laughs> and basically said, happiness comes from solving the problems. And hearing that, I was like, oh my God, it does make sense. Like what I do actually set something up that I thought I couldn't. I'm so proud of myself, like insanely proud. And I was like, oh my God, so that quote is true. And then I kind of changed my like perception of when problems arise. Instead of seeing it as like, an obstacle in your way and like oh it's pulling you down and it's making you feel more stressed or I don't even know I now see like when I have kind of have something to sort out like when I get an email saying like hi you have not done this and this needs to happen I write on my to-do list and I go right that is something to be solved and I feel like a little like investigator like am I six am I six am I I don't even know and yeah so if you are like me and you don't do well with like problems and stuff think about it in a way of like solving it will bring you happiness solving it is fun and you can do it you can do it I'm telling that myself because I still haven't sorted out my wi-fi but moving on we're gonna talk about to-do lists now I feel like this this is 
an important thing. And I've only just come to terms with it the last five days, maybe four days. And it's, it's really helped me. I think a lot of us don't do to-do lists correctly. I did not. And I think one of the things is that we make them available at all time. What does that mean? It means you have a list. It could be on paper, it could be on your phone, it could be on your head. If it's in your head, you need to get that on paper. <laughs> Anyways, you have a list and it's constantly available to you. It's almost like you expect yourself at all times to be doing it. So if you're at home and you're chilling in your room, you're like, oh my God, I need to do this. You think that it's available, like you think that you should be doing it right then and there. And you, if you have a 10 list to-do list on your desk, when you're chilling in your bed, you think you should be doing that. So you're almost going around with this underlying guilt and anxiety that you ha are not doing the things on your to-do list. And this was a, like, I cannot explain to you how much anxiety it would bring. Like I, I always needed to do this because I have to physically have that. But like a lot of the times it would just like make me feel so overwhelmed. And it's because we feel like we always need to do them when they're always available. So instead, we really need to dedicate time every day a week to get these things done. And this has really helped me the last week because basically what I've done is I have a physical list on like my kitchen counter. And any time, so when I say it can't be available at all times, you're allowed to write on it. You're just not allowed to do it at all times. So you know when you sit on your bed and you go, oh my God, I need to do this thing. Like I really need to do this thing. And then you almost like get anxious at the fact that you might forget it or you won't get it done. I now, whenever I think of something, it could be something like buy a bin or like buy earbuds or sort out this or whatever. I walk to my to-do list, I write it down and then I leave it without guilt or anything. I go, I've written you down, so I'm not gonna forget you and I've dedicated time for you to do it. But right now is not the time. It's 9 p.m. and I'm going to bed. So it's almost like a way of like, throughout your whole day, can you write this to-do list? Anything that comes in your mind, you can let go straight away because you're writing on your to-do list. And then you tell yourself, you are gonna get this shit done. You are going to get it done. Because for me now what I do, when I go to the coffee shop, I give myself a dedicated amount of time to like get through this list. And every time that I do, like do it and go to the coffee shop and do it it gives me even more confidence throughout my day like in the evening and in the morning when I remember things I need to do that I'm actually going to get it done so it's almost like a positive feedback at the start if you're not good at getting things done you don't have full belief that like you're actually going to get these things done but then you create that dedicated time you go do it in that dedicated time you come away from the dedicated time <laughs> sorry you may still have things on your to-do list, that's fine, but you know you'll get it done tomorrow at 9 a.m. And I'll tell you what, that's better than next Thursday. Like we we sometimes, I remember I always used to think that they had to all be done now. And if you think your whole to-do list has to be done right now, you are setting yourself up for failure because reality is we can only do a couple of things at a time. And it's so much better. Like sometimes when I have such a long list and I feel like I have to do it all today, I'm like, no. Tomorrow at 9 a.m. will you buy a bed frame? To, like on Wednesday, will you sort out this? And on Thursday, will you make this? So even though in reality, we would love everything to be done today, it won't. So set in, like, like spread it across your week so you only have to do a couple of things each day. Okay, now I wanna talk about, you know when you come to like near the end of a study session or work session and you start scrolling, you start getting distracted, but you tell yourself, no, 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 I still have more time. To, I have more stuff to do. 
I should be getting things done. I should do something else. Please listen to yourself. Please notice that if you are scrolling, like let's say you've done three hours of studying, but you still feel like you have one more hour to do. But, you know, you just pick up your phone and you're scrolling, you're trying to get, you're wasting your time. Because it's basically your brain's way of saying, look, I'm tired because you've done all this power work and then it needs a break. Everything else is a bit too much. And so it's going for a little easy scroll, a little easy do- distraction. And instead of listening to your body and go, yeah, you know what, you're tired, let's stop. Even if I want to do more work, let's just come away from it. You're like, no, no, I want to. So you're like almost forcing yourself with stuff you don't you don't have energy for. And this is a great little time to be like, right, I need to refuel myself. Let's go get some lunch or more breakfast or a snack. Let's hydrate. Maybe let's go to the gym or go on a walk and move our bodies. Maybe I need to go on my sofa at home and then lie down for a little bit. You know, just really tuning in. And it saves you a lot of time in the end and like quality time because instead of like, that last hour you're kind of half scrolling half doing work you're actually taking yourself away from the situation refreshing yourself and then you're able to come back with a lot clearer headspace quick little intermission is that what it's called i have no idea basically when i recorded this podcast episode half of it actually got completely messed up and it was chopping my podcast every two seconds so completely you guys wouldn't be able to listen to it and so it actually really threw me off the last couple of days and it was really stressing me out because I really enjoyed doing the podcast I didn't have much like time around it to get it recorded which is why this podcast episode is not going up on a Tuesday and it just stressed me out but it was so funny because I was like maybe this is telling me something you know I'm giving an episode about like you know being okay when things go wrong and taking things chill and then there I was like really kind of like stressed out about it but I was able to kind of you know detangle it myself and you know, in a weird way, I think everything happens for a reason. And I feel that maybe some things were supposed to be replaced. Maybe I wasn't supposed to say some things. I don't know. Anyways, going on to my next tip is kind of following on from the last one, but really understanding the importance of breaks. And I've recently really like got hold of it and understand how I can like use it to my advantage. And just having that lunchtime break, having, you know, I've already talked about the morning gap. We're going to go on back talking about the evening, but this lunchtime, this afternoon, like, are you able to just give yourself like an hour, just like actually switch off, actually do nothing and tune in with your body and see what you need. You may need a stretch. You may need, you know, some more food just to chill out. And I used to be really go, go, go all day and go on right until the evening and then not be able to switch off and just be running on adrenaline. Whereas now what I do is, let's say at my lunchtime break or even like my morning break, if there's anxiety, if there's some emotions, if there's some triggers, I'm I'm detangling it. I'm really detangling it. I'm finding out, okay, what's going on here? Resetting myself. If at lunchtime I notice I'm quite triggered about something, I sort it out, I journal, I, I do some movement, I go to the gym, I go on a run. I'll walk, I'll listen to music, I'll shake my butt to Shakira. (laughs) And that stuff regulates me. And then I'm able to go into my next almost shift, next work phase with a lot more like clearer head. I want to go back to something now. And you know when I was talking about the buzz in the coffee shop and how I feed off it. And then I kind of said the opposite. And I was like, my therapist doesn't feed off it when it comes to like her focusing Now, what was very interesting was 
my creativity flows and time actually do work the opposite. I can't do that in a coffee shop. I can't, like, I, I can, but I don't. And I, and I can't. I've done it maybe once or twice. I can't really mind map or brainstorm or really just let the creative ideas come out. So if I'm trying to think of video ideas or captions or, like, that stuff doesn't come to me easy in a coffee shop. Like, I have to be with myself. I have to be in silence. And it comes to me in the evening. And I feel like this is so interesting because it is all about that balance of like doing that masculine, hard, go, go, go admin work. And then also giving yourself this time for this like feminine creativity and just being, not rushing the work process because you you cannot rush creativity or like ideas. And it's so weird that the last year that I was working at the coffee shop, I didn't give myself like a single time of the day to do creative stuff maybe once a month would I do some planning or stuff but there wasn't that dedicated amount each like every day and so now what I've kind of realized and noticed about myself is you know when I was saying earlier like I don't go in my office and I feel bad I go to my office in the evening or like I'll lie on my bed with my laptop at like 8 p.m 9 p.m and I probably don't like doing anything past 9.30, but that 8 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. is when something else, like I'm so mellow, I'm so calm, I've done my nighttime routine, and it's like I want it to come out of me. And so I just thought I would share because I definitely didn't know that about myself, and I feel like it is about just finding out what works for you and finding out when does my creativity flow? When does my hard work flow? How can I implement this both in my day or week? Because we need both and both like intertwine with each other. You know what's just come into my head is like a little moment of appreciation of how much growth and like, guys, I started this social media stuff two years ago like two years in the summer so actually nearly two and a half years which is so crazy to think about at the beginning I like not even at the beginning I'm gonna say like we're gonna ignore the first six months because that was like the beginner excitement making content it's not your job but like it's doing really well everything's thriving but I also had an eating disorder so I was like crazily distracted so we're not gonna like jump into that phase but the year that I was still at home before moving to London my work flows and organization was completely not there so like I want you to have compassion for yourself if you're not there and if some of the things I'm saying is like god Anna I'm literally just trying to get out of bed today like you're saying a bit too much I was there too like I I promise you I was there too there was weeks if not months where like sister did not want to get out of bed I've had those but like this is just a moment of appreciation if I could show you the type of the way that I organized myself like there was no organization there was stress and overwhelm every day I was trying to think of ideas on the spot while not doing ideas while having so many ideas and not actually making them um I was late every month for all my deliveries so all my contracts with like Gymshark and Misfits I was just known as the 
like, oh yeah, Anna doesn't deliver. Like she'll deliver some points. Like she'll make the sales, but like she, she won't do her posts on time. And it, it, after a year, it really upset me that that's who I was becoming. Not who I was becoming, that was who I was. And so that's why the last year I just kept taking, I, I, you know, I've talked about my little journey of productivity on previous podcasts and a little bit on this one, but I've finally come to this place where I'm finding that balance, I'm finding that flow. And I'm really stepping into like this, like I really do take this as my job, guys. And I think when you're serious about something and you let yourself be serious about something, that's magical. I think sometimes we don't want people to think that we're taking things seriously. Oh God, no, what if people think we're actually putting an effort? What if people think that we're actually trying to make this work? That'll be so embarrassing because, you know, we're trying to protect ourselves. We're trying to protect ourselves from other people's opinions and thinking that we've failed. My number one advice, when you find something that you love, when you find something you're passionate about, when you find something that you think you want to do, no matter how embarrassing or cringe you think it is to other people or whatnot, or whether you're going to make it or not, do it. Honestly, do it. And be serious about it. Like, as soon as I started being really serious about my job, things, you know, things fall into place. And I have been serious about it for the last two years, but yeah, things have really progressed. But that was just a little moment of going back to my younger self, and reflecting which I think sometimes is needed like think about you two years ago think about where you were even if you were like 14 and now you're 16 you know there's a massive change if you were 18 two years ago and now you're 20 you know that you've progressed so always keep that in the back of your mind that you are trying your absolute best you've come a long way and there in a beautiful way there is so much more to do so yeah just wrapping up on that creativity and work I found that the morning in the coffee shop is hard work admin tasks and evening at home is creativity brainstorming writing and reflecting and I don't go against it I'm not trying to force myself to work at my desk in the morning and do creative stuff or try to do hard work stuff and I'm not trying to do brainstorming in the coffee shop in the morning or trying to get out in the evening who I don't I personally don't want to go to a coffee shop in the evening I don't even think they're open <laughs> anyways next point we're going to be talking about media and obviously I'm always talking about oh you know scrolling on your phone and not taking in too much but there was a podcast episode from Joe Rogan with this like media he was basically talking about what you know the media does to your brain and it was only 10 minutes and I was watching it and I was like, wow, like it really just shifted something, even though I kind of already knew it. But he basically said, like, when you are on media, no matter what type of media, your brain is processing. And so even if your intentions behind going on media is different throughout the day, they still affect you in the same way. Example, me going on my phone all morning because I'm working for like four or five hours, then coming back and chilling at lunchtime and making TikToks because it's fun. And then me, you know, editing or like doing something else to do with work. And then me like going, oh, you know what? Time for a break. Let's watch some YouTube or Netflix. And so like without me, and there's the procrastination scrolls sometimes. So without me realizing I'm on media all day, whether or not my intentions behind it, it's not like I'm just lazy, I'm sitting on my sofa and I'm scrolling all day. I'm working, I'm relaxing, I'm, I am scrolling, like 
there's always a healthy amount of scrolling. But I it really clicked with me and I was like, oh my God, do I let my brain process things? And so so I basically just been making some really small changes. One of them was actually I have I've had two phones now for about eight months. And I originally got it, I got a new phone as like a work phone because the other one was literally like fine. And I had a work and a personal. And it just never turned out like that. The work, it was obviously like a little bit bigger, a little bit newer. And so I just used the work phone as my whole phone. I gave out my phone numbers to all my friends. Like it was like, oh, this is what you'll contact me on because I will not turn on my other phone. My other phone was dead for about six months and I would turn it on now and then to like get like photos off my iCloud or get some passwords. And so it just became this thing that was just sitting in my room. And then this last week when it kind of told me about that media, I was like, hmm, and I naturally fell into this. And basically what I've been doing is when it comes to about, let's say, it could be any time. It's when I know that I've done my work. So when I've posted my reel that I've been meaning to get out, when I put out that YouTube in the evening, like let's say it gets like 6 p.m. and I've done it and I'm like, oh, I'm done. I will turn off that work phone because if I don't, what my evening will look like is I'll be, because there's always so much going on on each app for me, each app is a whole, like there is a lot to see. I go on TikTok, I can look on mentions, comments, posts, how my posts doing, I got Instagram, I got the insights, I got DMs, I've got like all of this stuff, YouTube studio, like my brain is like, there is so much dopamine, quick dopamine, like stats, you don't understand, there is so much there, you just like always want to check on it. And so what I've been doing is once I know that I've done my last piece of work, I switch it off. And normally I wouldn't want to switch off my phone because I tell myself, oh, but what if I want to text my friend? And what if I want to like, call someone or what if I want to listen to music or what if I need to search something up on wi-fi and so I've basically been using my personal phone from like 6 p.m 7 p.m onwards and I go on it for the I don't go on it I only listen to music and text a friend and I don't sit there on my bed texting I text let's say in between my washing up you know like every half an hour or something and so it's just been really nice and it's lowered my anxiety. Now, I'm not saying everyone has two phones. I know that. You may have an iPad, you may have another device, but actually, I like I would really just turn off your phone. Like I would obviously like everyone's got their own little situations, but I feel like in a way you can take something from this. And then what I do is when I wake up in the morning, I'm still on that personal phone. I still have music, so I I like to play music all the time. And I wake up, I do my stuff. And when I go to the coffee shop, like this is an example of my best days, if that makes sense. I'll get to the coffee shop and then I turn on my work phone and then I'm kind of like, um, all my messages are coming through. Because otherwise, if I'm looking at my work phone in the morning and I've got texts from all this business stuff, I I, I, I cry. <laughs> Imagine 7.30 a.m., your eyes are not even open and it's like, hey, could you please send this invoice and could you please do this and this and that. And I'm like, Oh my lord, okay. So that's why like I like to just like stay off my work phone until I get to the coffee shop and I'm prepared mentally. Like I'm so regulated. This is what it's about. It's about me getting regulated before I switch this on. Obviously take that how you want to take it because I know like all of our situations are quite unique with work and social media and everything. But yeah, along with this, I've started doing more mindful activities because sometimes it's not always about subtracting. You can't just take away habits or take away stuff. You've got you to gotta add something. And so I got a paint by numbers, which has been really, you know, 
entertaining me recently. I leave it on my kitchen counter and I just paint a couple of numbers now and then. It's it's just a task that lets me just do nothing. <laughs> Even washing up for me, like if you guys hate washing up, start trying to think of it like I did as well. I never used to wash up. Bless my old housemate, Millie G. <laughs> and now I do it as like a activity. When there's a little pile, I just I'm like, right, 10 minutes of just doing the action, not not thinking, not doing, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just a bit mindless. Mindfulness, mindless, I'm not sure. And I've even taken this into when I go on walks now. And I don't exactly know what I used to do on walks. Sometimes I would take photos, sometimes I would listen to, like, music that's got a lot going on, or I would, I don't know. What I've recently been doing is really looking at the nature. And it sounds weird, but there is so much to see. And a lot of the time we just have our head down. We're not looking at stuff. And I've had so many good realizations that sometimes aren't explainable, but it makes things click in my head. And like, if I give you an example, I was walking through the park the other day and there was this massive tree, no leaves on it, really pretty silhouette, almost sunset as well. And there was a tiny little bird on the top and he was kind of looking around. He wasn't sad, but he wasn't overly excited too. And I kind of looked at him and I was like, I feel you, bro. <laughs> In a way of where he was standing, he couldn't see any birds underneath him. And I don't even think there were any birds. Like he was just there at the top of the tree by himself, looking around on his level and there was nobody there. But in reality, when you step away from the picture, he's at the top. He's on the top of the tree. And sometimes I feel like that. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't have as many friends as some people. Although now I'm learning that it is really quality over quantity. And there's other things like, oh, am I doing the right thing in life? You know, just these questions that always pop into our head. Or like, you know, am I making myself, like, is this the right thing to be doing at 21? Or, or blah, blah, blah. And I go, Look at that tree and that bird. Although you might think you're a little bit alone, you're actually there trying your best at the top. And I think this can be for you too. Sometimes, you know, you're clearly, like I'm talking to you right now, you are clearly trying to align with yourself. The fact that you are listening to this podcast means you are already a thousand more steps ahead of a lot of people in the universe because some people don't even want to touch into who they are they don't even want to try better themselves and not in a way of being more productive or getting a billion dollars I mean like touching into their emotions and touching into you know just all of this stuff that I talk about on this podcast and so you need to give yourself a little pat on the back that you are entering into this because honestly honestly when I say and this is like great for you to also have compassion towards other people when you don't understand why they don't want to like better themselves or move up or just even understand themselves, it's because it's just not in their lifetime to do. It's not in their lifetime. It might be in their next lifetime, but right now this is their level of consciousness, okay? So I think that's just an interesting thing to say. Sometimes you may feel a little bit alone in this little path, but you are there. You're at the top of the tree. You're trying your best. And little birdies will also fly in and out your life and join you at the top of the tree. Okay. So anyways, that I was talking about walking. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was basically it. Um, 
less time on media, allowing my brain to process things and emotions. And what was interesting, which is probably, you know, talking about everything happens for a reason. Why did I lose this other half of the podcast recording? When I finished this little chapter last time, I left it at that. And in fact, I think I actually said things like painting and washing up. Let me think my thoughts. They let me like run through them. It's very interesting because just after I recorded that podcast episode in the afternoon, I had therapy and I always learn a lot in therapy. And we were talking about, you know, when this chatting voice comes into my head and tries to, you know, I'm sitting there painting and my brain's like, mm, maybe you should have said that. And what about this? And oh, do you think that person has said that? And oh, but maybe if you replied in this way that they would think this way. Do you know what I mean? Like I just, my brain is on go, go, go. And I thought to an extent, was I supposed to listen to it and take it in? And she, she was like, no. And I'm actually, I'm glad I'm able to come to you and tell you this now. Obviously, we want to have time to reflect our thoughts, write them out, think them and stuff. But there's a difference between what our heart feels and our feeling and then our brain trying to come in and rationalize everything. It's about, this is something I've literally learned two days ago. It's about connecting with your heart, right? Really connecting with your heart and less in your mind, less in your mind. So when your brain is trying to give you situations and other people's reactions, that that's people pleasing, that's people pleasing stuff. By the way, like when you are trying to figure out how to say something in order to like minimize or maximize a reaction, that is you trying to like people please. And, and so a lot of the time we're actually using our brain and we're thinking our thoughts a bit too much. And so it's kind of helped me because then when I am doing my washing up or my baking, and I and honestly, it's so natural. Like I, it's just, I I can't help it. You know, I'm, I was, and I was actually baking myself some oat cookies this morning, which the recipe is on my Instagram. And I, you know, just natural, it just came into me. I was just thinking things like, oh, what if that happened? And how do you feel about this? And what about this? And as I was mixing, I was like, mm, no, no. Because Kara said, my therapist, that I don't need to give these thoughts a bit of my attention. She actually said it wasn't my voice. Mum, if you're listening, I love you. I think I've already kind of told her this the other day, but I didn't exactly tell her this. Basically, we pick up voices from other people. Like, it's kind of environment stuff when we grow up. And so if you have a parent with a certain voice it will go into yours. I give an example. My ex-boyfriend was super cautious about things and like everything was like, not everything, but there was always a lot of hazards, especially when we were traveling. And at the beginning I was like, so I was like, why are you doing this bro? Like you don't need to do this. And then it turns out his dad is just like even more of that to an extent. Like he would like Max grew up with like everything being told that everything was cautious. So even though he hated when his dad did that when he was younger, when he left home, that gets channeled into him. That's then part of his personality. Now, it's not part of your personality and you can do work to undo it. But just notice if you have very similar traits, even if you don't like them, to your parents. And so not necessarily traits, but like what I'm kind of saying now is the voice in my head that kind of questions a lot of things and almost gives that double side to a lot of things. It's actually my mum's voice. Now, that's not hate on my mum. That's just me noticing. And when I'm able to do that, I'm able to separate it a bit more and be like, oh, okay. And it's not just my mum. There can be other stuff too. 
maybe my mum's mum as well coming through it. But it's that, oh, okay, that's not my voice. I, I don't need to question every part of it. And so, yeah, as I was baking my cookies this morning, I was like, nope, I don't need to try figure out what was going on there because I actually feel okay. Although there's, there was like a little bit of anxiety, like I feel okay about the situation. So, yeah, that's a wrap on the mindful activities. I know I kind of went on a tangent, but I kind of wanted to get that out as I kind of learned it in therapy. And just a little reminder that you, you are allowed to say to yourself, like, as you're trying to do something mindful, like paint or something, be like, Shh, stop, stop talking to me. <laughs> Going on to the evening, allow yourself room to not do anything. Like, as I said previously, my old routines were all structured. It was like two hours before bed, phone is off. One hour before bed, reading. Half an hour before bed, journaling. And it was just so structured. And I've basically really experienced the last week, a week and a half, really enjoying my evenings because 8 p.m. onwards, there's nothing for me to do. There is, I don't want myself to be doing anything. And so then it leaves me to do what my body wants. If I'm exhausted and I have no energy to wash up, I just flatten the kitchen a little bit. I go upstairs, lie in my bed, maybe read a book, maybe go to bed. The other day I went to bed at like 8.30 because I was so tired. And another example, you know, you may be a little bit sore or you may even have energy. You may want to do some intuitive dancing or stretching or yoga. And then there's other times where I'm like, oh my God, I would really love to put on some manifestation music, do a little mind map of my ideas and stuff. Or the other night I was planning this podcast in my bed, just writing down all my thoughts. So the evening is just as I said, that gap of in the morning, but the evening is like a little bit longer. And really nighttime routines are supposed to make you feel safe, especially if you struggle with like getting to sleep or not even getting to sleep, but anxiety about getting to sleep. It's weird. I can fall asleep in five minutes, but in the evening will I have anxiety about the fact that I'm alone and like can't sleep, but that's not the case anymore, which I'm so proud of. Anyways, I've learned what makes me feel comfortable. And there's like little steps, having a nighttime tea with lavender in, that comforts me. And then things like having a bath and a shower, doing my skincare, doing my hair care, doing my gua sha, making my bed, flattening my room, doing all these tiny little things, tell myself you are getting ready for bed and you're safe. And going on from this, I really want to talk about the importance of sleeping before 12. There is a whole, I think it's a Joe Rogan podcast. It sounds like I only listen to Joe Rogan podcast. Honestly, I hardly, I, I don't. There's just a couple of things that come into my mind. And I think the guy's called Matthew Walker and he talks about sleep. I'd really recommend. It's on YouTube. And he basically says like, a 1am to 9am sleep, so eight hours, is a lot different to a... 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. sleep every hour before 12 is so much more important than every hour after 12 the way that you sleep before 12 really like it's really important but then I also want to add if you are a night owl and I have quite a few friends that are night owls don't go against it don't try wake yourself up at 7 30 and get work done know that that is your time of maybe doing more, maybe that's your creative time, maybe that's your chilling, maybe that's your reading, maybe that's your going to get a coffee and journal, you know, chill, maybe you're not like me, you know what I'm telling you, that I'm going to the coffee shop, maybe that is just not you, and you're like, bro, I could not do that in the morning, that's okay, have lunch, and then maybe go to the gym, 
you know, maybe you don't need to start your stuff. And then maybe you're starting your work at five, not work or studying. Do you know what I mean? Like you might have your later stuff and that's okay. If you're a night owl, be a night owl. If you're a, I don't even know what a morning person is called, a morning person. And yeah, work with it. But remember my other tip, every hour before 12. So I wouldn't go to an extent of be a night owl and start work at 11 p.m. (laughs) Okay, I have a friend. (laughs) He starts work. 11 p.m so as i go to sleep he is starting his work and he goes to bed at four stupid boy (laughs) anyways he's doing his own thing but i i've I've told him and he's not listening to me anyways i would really recommend even if you are a night owl making sure you're getting to yourself before 12 get to bed like 11 11 30 okay we're going on to the random few things that just random things boom 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 Number one, clear things off your phone, get rid of apps, get a cute minimal background home screen. It will make your brain feel like it's not, you know, when you've got so many colors and buttons and things, it's just going to make your head feel like scrambled eggs, but also keep you on there. You make it look boring and professional. You're going to feel like you're working. Number two is just one of my personal beliefs and I always want to share little bits of wisdom that I have because although it might not resonate with you now in your current situation and financial situation or work situation, it might in the future. And I really do believe that investing in good quality work stuff is one of the best investments that you can do. Putting money back into the things that help you work, like even buying nicer pens, nicer paper, a nicer laptop, a better mic, a better light, you know, these things you know, especially if you struggle with like that spending side, I used to too, like, it'd be like, oh my God, no, like, surely not. But yeah, it's just one of my things. I think that investing into things like work and studying are really important. And obviously that is dependable on disposable income, but also like I would rather spend money on a really good desk than spend that money on like, lots of other like little clothes or little things that I don't necessarily need not saying I don't not saying either one is bad or good but that's just coming from a person who is building herself within kind of the work industry and just one of my tips the next one is really understanding how well a clean area can impact you and coming from a naturally messy person is weird when I was younger I had oh god we did not know what was up with me at one for about five years we thought we I had OCD and everything always had to be perfect I would have a tantrum if my books weren't aligned if my hangers weren't the right way with the t-shirts all facing the same way with like it was just everything would wind me up okay and then going on to like as I'm going into a teenager I just leave things like I'll, I'll when I get changed for an outfit I'll leave it all on the floor I'll drop it I'll leave the house and I come back and it just kind of built up with this like overwhelm thing and even when I was living with Millie G my house my ex-housemate I would just like leave things around everywhere and I wouldn't tidy up and as I've been living in my own space it really kind of kick-started me into understanding firstly respecting your space like I realized like I am the only one living here. Why am I keeping it messy? And I wasn't even keeping it messy. I was straight away was actually quite tidy because I want to enjoy my space. I want to love my space. And the difference I feel when I walk downstairs in the morning and things are just a little bit more tidier, it starts my day well. 
saying this, I've really learned something as well. Sometimes we don't have the energy to clean up. Like I don't. Like last evening, I could not be bothered to wash up. I really couldn't. But what I did was I put everything into the rubbish. I moved all the sink, all the, I moved all the plates and cups to the sink. And then I cleaned all the surfaces so that it was tidy. But there was a pile of washing. Instead of just leaving it like an atomic bomb, you know, and like all the food and everything is out. You just kind of tidy it up. There's like sometimes you don't actually have to do the whole tidying, but just make it look tidy. I like to call I like to call it flattening. <laughs> also, you cannot keep a cluttered room tidy because there is also not much motivation to tidy it because you know when it's tidy that it doesn't even look tidy because there's so much stuff in your room. So one of my things is to get donating. I've actually moved house 18 times. That 18 guys three countries, 18 houses. And so I am now the professional of having no emotional attachment to things. I will throw things out if they do not serve me. But that's taken practice. Honestly, when I was like six years old and I had to do this, like I had already done it like six houses and it was just like on and on and just like practice. So it is literally about practice. You throw things out, have a little clean sweep. If it really makes you like cry and like, not cry, but if it's really hard to let go of it, don't. Just get rid of the stuff that's easy and then in two weeks you'll come back and you'll like the fact that already your room was less cluttered and then you'll go through stuff again and be like, wait, I didn't use that in the last two weeks. I guess I could do that now. And then you do it after a month and you just do it like every now and then and you realize you can keep getting rid of more stuff and therefore your room is a little less cluttered and when you tidy it, it actually looks clean. Another point I have is give yourself the weekend. I think even when we... I know, obviously, especially if you're studying, you've got to have your study sessions in the weekend. But I feel that if you manage your time, you could actually give yourself the weekend. Like if you had study, you know, whether you let's say you're in A-levels and you have freeze and you can really like I would really use your freeze, guys, really use your freeze and then do some stuff after school. And then when you come to the weekend, like have your when you come back from school on a Friday afternoon, don't do anything make it your weekend go out with friends or do nothing and watch a film and then you could either like do a little study sesh Saturday morning or do a little study sesh Sunday morning or obviously I know there's going to be a lot more depending on your exams and stuff but if you manage your time in the week or like just notice maybe you actually really enjoy doing a big study sesh at the weekend and that some days in the week you just need to give yourself that whole evening off or something but that's coming from my personal experience of me with self-employed work so I think my advice is maybe more you're maybe more able to resonate it if you are self-employed and working for yourself it's very easy to think that the more work you put in the more successful you'll be and working through the weekends you know you have to you, you want to get more done people that are, I'm not even say people that are self-employed but most time you really want it you really want it like it's for me I, I there's no part of me that doesn't want this and so it was very easy for me to work through my weekends it made sense but it doesn't it doesn't make sense and now I've really understood the power of the weekend it just lets me unwind do things that I don't necessarily always have time for like on Saturday guys it was so cute I did like painting in the morning and I was just doing like literally nothing and then I was like you know what I'm gonna go to the gym and obviously I go to the gym every day during the week and because it's just part of kind of my routine after work because I sit down on my butt for like four hours and then I get all cramped up and I have all this energy and the weekend was so nice I went to like 
a different coffee shop, like a cute little independent one because I didn't need like a whole busy coffee shop to work in because I wasn't working. Got a cute little latte, iced latte, walked back to the gym and it just felt like a weekend gym session. I, I didn't have any rush. I didn't just have like a one hour gap where I had to like, you know, do other stuff in my day. It was like, you have no rush. Take as long as you want. Take as little as you want. Just do your thing. Enjoy the music. Stretch. Work out hard. Like, enjoy yourself. And it was so nice. And then I came back and I did some grocery shopping. And I, you know, it's just like, it's it, sometimes, I don't know. It's just, we need that little bit extra time in the weekend. And then going into Monday, you're able to have that little bit more motivation, a little bit more rest. And the weekend even though it may take a little bit away from your work, obviously, if you're not working, it, as I said, it fills up your, how you feel good inside, how creative you feel. The weekend that I had off, I had a lot of realizations that when I went into my working week, I was able to pull those realizations and put them into videos and put them into podcasts. That's a lot for me. That's really, really important for me. Now, I've only got two more things, maybe three. Number one, let's say you're studying right now or you're working a corporate job or whatever your situation is, romanticize it because it's not always going to be part of our lives and our lives are ever so changing. And especially if you're studying it, like especially in GCSEs and A-levels, there's no other time in your life that is like school. There is no other time in your life that's like school. So romanticize the fact that you are doing it because it's going to be gone soon. And like there's part of me that actually misses it, but yeah, romanticize the grind, romanticize going to the library with your friends or by yourself, get a coffee, work, like get your school books out. If you've got the corporate job, romanticize it, romanticize the fact that you have a nine to five. And I feel like we have the power to create little bits of happiness within our day. The next one is do the work or let the stress go. I was a very big fan you know, back in the day, not even back in the day, probably like, I think I learned this in Bali because what would happen is, is I would say to myself, oh my God, I need to do this. And then I would stress about it. And then guess what I would do? Not do the work because one, I was not able to do the work. I was busy, like, well, not even busy. I was trying to relax. I was trying to just be on the beach or, you know, I was doing other stuff. And so I couldn't do that task straight away, but I would stress about it. I would let the stress sit there. So what I learned in Bali was, look, if something comes into your mind, you're not allowed to stress about it. You're allowed to do it or give yourself full permission to not do it. There's no in the middle stress, okay? So if something comes up and it stresses you, but it's like 9 p.m. and you're trying to go to bed, you're like, you're not stressing me right now. I don't have time for you. You know, put it on your to-do list. But, you know, if something is stressing you, be like, why don't I get it done right now? And not let it stress me. So it's a, it's about having compassion for yourself for not doing it. Giving yourself that full permission or just doing it. Okay, I do want to say the last one. It, it's not a weird thing at all. It was kind of a practical advice. Because as I was writing it, was I stressing? Um, not even writing it. Basically, as I was writing this podcast plan of things I wanted to say, I put my laptop down. And I started thinking about something that was really stressing me out. And I was like, oh my God, how am I going to do it? So I kind of thought to myself and then I wrote down what I would do and what I can do. And I thought it might help. So it's kind of for when you have like a really overwhelming task that you need to be doing. How do you get yourself doing it? And I'm just going to give you a really quick run through of 
how I would implement it into my day by the way that I've described my day. So for example, if a thing that I really don't want to do is like do my receipts or do my tax stuff and I'm kind of stressing about it but not doing it and blah, 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 still haven't done it for lots of days, blah, I go, okay, you're going to do your normal coffee shop. You're going to do your whole normal morning routine, not think about it. You're going to sit there, 10 a.m. at the coffee shop. You're going to have your coffee. You're going to do your most exciting thing first. Get yourself excited about work because if you have, like for me, if I have the thought in my head that I'm going to do my receipts first thing going into the coffee shop, I'm like, no, please, I don't want to go and I'll probably procrastinate. But if I go, Anna, you get to make that really exciting TikTok or reel or YouTube video, I'm going to shoot to the coffee shop. Okay, so I get that. And then there's a very specific, like you don't want to go over 90 minutes depending on how your workflow is an hour to 90 minutes would be preferable for me because I'm on like my high right I'm on my high of work and so if I'm able to tap in coming out of that one hour of exciting work into the more boring task but keep my flow going because if I did exciting tasks for three hours when I start my boring task at three hours I'm going to be tired I'm going to be dead and I'm going to have no energy so I just thought it was like a good idea of doing your normal stuff doing your stuff and then right in the middle be like right I'm doing it right now you get it done and you can always finish with an exciting task but yeah I hope this podcast was helpful I really really do I am sending you so much love I would absolutely love if you only if you enjoyed the podcast if you could give a review on Spotify or Apple Music it means the world is actually crazy how many reviews there are already I only just looked the other day and I was like oh wow this is incredible um I also have a podcast Instagram called Inside Anna's Mind Podcast where there is a lot of self-care tips on there continuously every week really cute posts and reminders of when the podcast episode go out also my DMs are open on Anna Arch Fitness or Inside Anna's Mind Podcast where you can send me a DM and use it as a journal like even if I don't reply every time write how you're feeling what you're going through so that every time you kind of come back to it even if that's once a month you go wow three months ago I was really struggling with something I wasn't struggling now it's almost like a time book I don't even know if that's something a time stamp if you don't journal or something and you want to just send me a few messages like hey I'm sending you this because I really hope I get this job and then you know a couple you know a week later I got the job who knows you can send anything you want or if you're really really struggling I'm here also on the podcast Instagram, there's always posts to do with the upcoming episode or the episode that has just come out. So I'd love if you guys could comment your favorite thing about the episode or something that you learned so that we can almost build this little community inside the comments of everybody who's listening. Anyways, I'm sending so much love and I really hope you guys have a good day, evening, nighttime. And I will see you guys next week. Bye.